It's time for building the game, the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, January 16th, and you're listening to episode 555. As always, I am your host, Jason, here today, joined by awesome game designer, Alex Roberts. How's it going, Alex? Hello. It's going good. Yeah, I'm having a nice morning. It's great to have you back on the show. It has been a long time. You were on uh, once uh, when our former co-host Kiri, uh, Kiri Bear, had you on and we talked about uh, Descended from the Queen games. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was. And it was a good time. I think we had it a was. good time from whatever. I, yeah. yeah. I, it's funny because I was like, I know Alex has been on the show, but what did we talk about? Because like, it's, you know, I mean, like I do one of these every week. So you're kind of like, so I look back and I was like, oh, yeah, that was a great discussion. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was really interesting to me as well. And we got some great feedback from people who found it really helpful. So, yeah. So thank you for that. So a lot to live up to in this episode. Really, <laughs> Get those expectations way up. Right, right. Well, listeners, as I mentioned, uh, last week or the week, I think it was last week. Um, so, uh, Alex and I were actually going to record, and this was going to be an episode that was going to publish earlier. And then for anyone that lives anywhere where there's snow, you remember that there was a big blizzard, uh, we got it pretty good here in Michigan, uh, but you probably got it quite a bit better up there in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we got wrecked. It was fun. It was yeah. a fun snow week. <laughs> yeah. You messaged me and said, I can't get to my office. <laughs> it's not going to be good if we try and record. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we did a little postponed. I slipped in an extra episode, which worked out perfectly. We talked about the Cardboard Edison Award contest that's coming out this month. So that was good timing. And uh, yeah. So I'm excited to finally have you here, though, and for us to be able to talk about 2023 and, and what we're going to do and all the awesome stuff that we may or may not achieve in 2023. But we're going to be hopeful and say that we will. Yeah. <laughs> Starting <Yes>. out. <laughs> That's what January is all about. Optimism. Right, right, right. Um, so I know for me, I was saying before we started recording, I really, and we'll get into this, you know, more as we go, but I, I really revamped my process of how I, uh, looked at my year and how I was going to set goals and realistic goals, but also goals that I, I will keep up with not just because they're realistic, but because I'll, I'll build them out in a way that makes it useful, um, and, and keep it at the front of mind. Um, I know last year I mentioned this on the recap episode, but last year, I missed quite a few of my goals, um, mm -hmm. partly because I didn't like I, you know, you, you look at that in October and say, oh, crap, I was going to do these like five things and I haven't started any of them. And one of them is like do a Kickstarter for a game that I haven't designed yet, mm -hmm. um, which is problematic. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. So, yeah, like in so for you for last year, um, I know you said that you're looking at things a little differently as well. Um, yeah. So tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, last year and, and really for the past couple of years, I have tended to just set goals that are based on like, it would be cool if I did X, you know, or like I want to do more of Y or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the other thing is like for the past couple of years, I've been doing a graduate program. So I've really been trying to like, keep like, okay, well, I want to do some little thing like in 20, in 2021, I did like a Kickstarter for like a little tiny self-published zine thing that was very satisfying. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, you know this. So I, I you, I've been thinking about like how do I sort of like keep uh, game design as like a nice little thing, but not be too ambitious with it really. Um, and, and also I tend to do like plan year planning in general in just like a very very structured way. Mm -hmm. I have like mm -hmm. my year compass from last year and whatever. Um, and I like to set goals that I like that are like really specific and like measurable and explicit. And then, but also like you, I tend to then just forget about them. Like I, there's no, there's a process right. for setting goals, but there's no process for like an ongoing way of like actually doing them. Right. So yeah, of like checking in or making it um, a practice rather than just like, oh, something that I think would be cool or that something that I feel really enthusiastic about in January. And then, you know, I, I go to review, like, I just held this up a second ago and was like, I wonder what's in here. I wonder what's, what were my goals for right, last year? I have right, to remember. Right. So, so yeah, I, I think I'm craving some of that, that same thing that you're talking about of like, how do I actually make this an ongoing thing? That's like a part of my life and not just something I do in January and then something I look at in December and like, hopefully I did some of this. Right, right, right. Yeah, we're just going to write some ideas down, put them in a box and then hope <laughs> that we stumbled upon those ideas right before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, so so it's interesting to hear somebody who's had the same issues. Um, I'm a little concerned to hear that you were super strict about how you formatted, you know, how you like went through and designed your goals yeah. uh, and uh, and then still forgot about them because I was very fast and loose with my goals um, <laughs> and then forgot about them. So this year I'm trying to be a lot more specific about how I do it um, so that I can keep up with it. Um, yeah. So I'm a little concerned that you're like, well, Oh no, that didn't work for me. Like, Oh no. But this is, this is great. I think you and I are going to be figuring out on this, on this call, on this podcast, right, let's right. take the next 45 minutes or whatever we have to be like, how can we actually design like a goal system? Like this is, re it's really experience design, right? It's right. not it just is. Of, it like, is. Yeah. how do we yeah. develop goals? But like, how do I have this, what kind of relationship to my work do I want? and like game design work specifically, how do I want to check in with that? Like, how do I want to be held accountable? Is it a system that's all on my own? Do I connect with other people? What are the yeah. habits? Um, it's going to have to involve Google Calendar reminders for me because the idea mm -hmm. of remembering to do something just of my own brain's power is, is impossible. Right. So <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Thinking about it like in terms of systems, I think is interesting. Well, and I think that for me, one of the things, like, even if, you know, so let's say that I, you know, I tend to write down my list on a scrap piece of paper, talk about it on the podcast, and then actually, even worse, I use one of these little erasable boards, and then I talk about it on the podcast, and I'm like, I'll I'll document that when I edit the show, and then I don't, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then it gets worse. So, so one of the things for me was I need to put it in a place where I see it all the time, mm -hmm. Um and so like I just use I have a Mac and I just use the notes feature for like everything for my to do list and everything. And I was like, it's really easy to just mm -hmm. create that in there so that it's something that I can see every day. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that way it's because for me, calendar reminders work, but mm -hmm. not always. It's easy yeah, to say it's very easy to dismiss them. Right. Um, yeah. But like when I make this little notes feature and it's got the little check little check boxes that I want to check. Mm -hmm. It's like, I get that. You get that nice dopamine hit from those check boxes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm the person that will like 
be writing a list of to-do lists and then I do something and it wasn't on the list. So then I write it down and cross it out. And then, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which absolutely. I recommend for everyone. My it's biggest tip feeling. for that for people is that when you create a to-do list and then you cross stuff off the list, if you create it in your computer, which I recommend if you, if, if that works for you, don't get rid of it, put it at the bottom. Yes. And yeah. then later when you scroll down and you see everything you're done, you're like, I'm awesome. Look at all these check marks. Yeah. Um, because to-do lists have a tendency to just keep growing. So it doesn't feel like, you know, it's like, it's like you're standing in a line trying to get to the end, except for someone keeps cutting in front of the line. So you keep <laughs> never moving forward all the way. Right. And so, so yeah. for me, that's really helpful to be able to see what I've accomplished when I'm having a bad day and thinking like, Oh, I'm failing at this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I, so I'm, I'm a bullet journal person. Uh, I, which I say, I don't know if I say smugly or shamefully, but I am like very invested in my bullet journal. And one of the things that I really like about that sort of to-do list system is mm -hmm. that I can actually, when I have those feelings of like, I'm not doing anything or I'm overwhelmed, I'm doing too much or usually mm -hmm. it's the latter, uh, or sorry, usually it's the former. Usually I feel like, oh man, what am I even doing? I can actually go back and like flip pages and look at days and be like, how many, how many little things got crossed off in a day? Oh, like right. a lot. It's literally always something like it's, right, right. you know, and, and also if I have to write things down as I decide to do them or decide I need to do them, I can actually get a visual on that and be like, right. okay, this is what I think I have to do today, but it's actually like 15 things. And I know that that's not realistic because right. I don't see 15 right. checked off things on any other day. So you can kind of like, I think like right. scoping is really hard. Yes. Um, yeah, I tend to be either overconfident or just overestimated or too hard, however you want to phrase it. I, right. I give myself, I bite off more than I can chew, right? Oh yeah, So yeah, like totally, totally. Oh, I think right? that's a creative problem in general yeah. of yeah. the idea of like, I want to do all the things. Yeah. So I keep saying I'm going to do all the things and then I don't do any of the things. I, for me, at least I'm like, yeah. I stack up my workload until I'm like, oh, whoa, this is undoable. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm just going to not do any of it right now, which yeah. is super, super unhelpful, right? Yeah, exactly. Or I'm not, I'm not stoked about the work that I've set out for myself anymore because right. it's just this massive list of things. And it's, I think it's so funny again, especially in like a creative field or like as a self-employed person or whatever you want to call it, freelancing or mm -hmm. uh, like, like I really love what I do. I, I really have decided to do this. I am not someone who's in a job because I just need to, you know, pay the bills or feed a kid or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's very funny to be like, Oh man, I have so much to do. Well, who wrote that down? You know, like who decided to do that? I, I picked that. So it's like what jerk assigned this to me? Oh, it was me. I'm the jerk. Oh. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the, I'm my own insufferable boss. Yes, so, right? Yeah. So like under, like having a particular relationship to work where it feels like things are just like, oh, okay, cool. I wanted, I decided to do this. So if I don't want to do it, I can like make it go away or whatever. But like, I don't know, trying to not think of like, oh, my workload as just like, these are the things I have to do, but mm -hmm. rather like, okay, here are the things that I'm like stoked about today, or like, here's the right. things that I actually right. care about. And I mean, this is actually a whole thing that I would love to get into. It's like actually starting to ask, taking the new year, which I always take as like a reflection and goal setting thing and mm -hmm. really being like, why? why do I want to do any of these things? Right. Why right. do I care about doing this at all? And then, and then setting goals based on that, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of a terrifying question. Certainly. 
It is. It is, right? I, and one of the tricks that I was doing for a while that worked pretty well, um, the two, two kind of ways that I went about this was one, I would have what I would call a master to-do list that would be everything I have to do, right? And it, the list would be stupid. It was like 100 items long. And then every day I would go through and say, I'm going to do these three things. And I would pull them and I would put them at the top under a section called today I will. And those are the things that I would do. And that worked when I was doing it. That worked the extra step in the process. I know it doesn't sound like much, but of having to go in and take those and then choose sometimes was just too much, right? It was just like analysis paralysis of trying to figure that out. So instead what I started to do was I started to line up projects that were different enough that on any given day, I could say, what do I want to work on today? Mm-hmm. And I could work on that, right? Yeah. Obviously, there are days where you're like, oh, this is the crap I have to do and I don't want to. And usually then it's like housekeeping stuff for a game design. It's not like actual design work. It's writing rules or making a video or something I just don't want to do. Yeah. Um, but in general... I'm able to say like, today I want to work on this. So I'm going to work on this and going to move it forward. Um, But when you take too many things on, which I have done in the past, and I certainly did last year, what I found was that what I wanted to work on, if there were enough things, there was always something I wanted to work on, but everything moved forward so slowly that it didn't matter, right? You know, if everything moves at a glacial pace, nothing actually happens. (laughs) You just make, you know, 10% progress every day on something. But if there's a hundred things, then nothing ever hits a hundred, right? Yeah. You need the joy of finishing something. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Right. In, in the, in a very major sense, like that crossing something off to the Mm to-do list. Yeah. 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 So for me, for, for my plan for this year, it is focused on things that I can check off, things that I will get done and then attribute to them to a somewhat indistinct but more firm timeline that I have in the past to say this is where I expect to be um and then to continue checking with myself to say am I there am I there yet like am I am I at that spot am I behind what am I behind on should I recalibrate Mm -hmm. um because you know otherwise it's it's like you have a goal and you realize you're not going to attain that goal and I'm I'm like the all or nothing person on stuff so like I would I've done this more than once and I'm embarrassed to admit this, but like I used to be really into Sudoku puzzles or Sudoku. I always pronounce it wrong. Anyways, that one, uh, Sudoku, that's what it is. Um, I, uh, would buy like a book of them that would go from like easy to hard and I would burn through the easy ones and do everything. And I would do it in pen. Cause I, I was real confident in myself, right? Cause mm-hmm. I was really good at them. I'm not, I mean, I was very good at them. And then towards the harder ones, I'd make a stupid mistake mm-hmm. and it wasn't perfect anymore. And I would throw the book away <laughs> Yeah. halfway through and just stop doing it right yep um and i've done that literally two to three times and i've stopped buying those books and just use my phone for it because it's much more forgiving that way because yeah. uh i could just quit the game if i wanted but i actually find that when it's not in pen or pencil and i don't have to actually like physically change it it doesn't bother me um i don't know if that's weird to me but it works so hey yeah yeah yeah, totally. And like, again, that's talking about like, that's something that you do for fun. Like it is a hot, right, right. it's a leisure activity, but you can get into a certain headspace with that stuff where it's like, oh, I have mm-hmm. to have to do this. I have right, to do that right. or whatever. It has to be this way. Mm-hmm. And it um, is tiring sometimes to then always be responding to your own thoughts with like, well, why? And also do I? And also why am I doing this? Because if it's for right, fun, right. then I should stop doing it, but it's not 
fun. And if it's right. for this other reason, like, because I want to do X, Y, Z, then, okay, well, is that still important to me? Okay. Then I'll do the boring part, you know, or whatever. I'll do the frustrating part. Right. So yeah, trying to like, uh, I think I, I, I like this. There's something you said earlier about just like keeping your goals or keeping what you're trying to focus on present and like in your mm -hmm. own face <laughs> for right, like, right. like on the regular. And I think right. I, I want something like that. And I also want like, also why, like, why are you doing this? Because mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. like everything just gets hard and it gets imperfect. And so I think right. you need like, okay, well, even when this isn't going well, or when I up a little bit or whatever, mm -hmm. um, why, why should I continue? Why should I keep working on this? Right. So there's, a, that's a question. Like, are you saying like, when you write it down, you're, you're putting your why for it or you're saying like, so the, basically I'm saying like, I want to do this game this year hmm. because this is, this is why. Yeah. And I've said that as I've written it down, or are you saying actually having it there to remind yourself, this is why I'm, I'm looking for this goal. I think so. I think there's something about having that together. I want to do X because Y like, right. and, um, and I'm, I'm saying this as someone who's working on this process, not as someone who has, you know, completed. Of course. Yeah. 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 No. Else is, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're exploring this. And like, uh, I think that's something I actually love about role-playing game design is that I think there are so few reliable authorities on the subject, mm -hmm. you know, like I do. So I, you know, I'm, I'm a, a counselor and I just did this thing as counseling psychology. And mm -hmm. there are, like the, you know, there are people who I really respect who I've studied under where it's like, I really, if you say that you should really watch out and not do this and you really got to do that, I really mm -hmm. respect that because like, right. you know, right. they've worked in this field for however, and they have this evidence exactly, whatever. Right? as where I really feel like in role-playing game design, I mean, for one thing, the stakes are a little bit lower. And the other right. thing is, it's just such a young field and such an emerging field that like, it's interesting and fun to make declarations. I do that all the time. I'm like, you have to focus right. on what your game is about, you know, or whatever right, right, you right. have to, it's fun to say that, but like, you can just say that because nobody really knows there's nothing. Right, right. There's but it's, no, and you're like, saying what matters to you, right? Like that's what works for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And that's advice you would give to someone. Yeah. Um, and that's fun because it's funny though. throwing ideas around. Right. Like, yeah. This is essential. Oh, what if this is essential? Yeah. It is funny though, because you talk about like, you know, just putting these things out there and, you know, there's not, it's not as big of a thing, but I mean, you don't know, you could accidentally end up designing a game that a bunch of people end up making, uh, you know, descended games from for like the rest of your life, <laughs> like with for the queen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I have to say that that was one of the most interesting things to me. Like I was aware of for the queen, but I wasn't aware of the whole descended from the queen genre and how, big of a deal that is how many people are excited about working with that right so when kiri was first like oh i'm gonna make this game it's gonna be like it's a, it's gonna be like you know um based on this and i was like gosh in the board game industry like that sounds like not a good thing like i'm mm -hmm. like and then you you know i was like and i was like it's different in the rpg industry i know like you know because i mean like it kind of sounds like i'm just going to take this game idea and then redo it in this other way right yeah but then realizing like oh no it's like this whole thing like this is you know i mean that is that's a pretty cool thing that you could put something out there and that so many people are excited about the way that that game works that they can you know hack that system to do what they want to with it i just i love that i love that yeah I think um, it's interesting too the way that that works in different fields and like 
Im imitation or like building on ideas or whatever works really mm -hmm. differently in different fields. I, yeah, right. I'm, I'm no fashion expert at all, but I remember talking to this gal who, um, you know, was really into that. It was like her, as she was doing like a, um, I think a master's thesis or something on this aspect of fashion. And she, she told me about how, like, it's a, it's like a badge of honor. If you are designing things that are getting imitated elsewhere and mm -hmm. it's assumed that there are, there are people whose deal is just like making more uh you know making more affordable versions of runway fashions and right, so right. it means simpler and simpler versions of that or whatever mm -hmm. and so you kind of like as a fashion designer you go out there to be imitated and to have people try to chomp your style and that's like right, right. cool and you want that and that's right, how right. you know that you're a good influential designer um and so yeah and then there are fields where it's just like well if you're not making up your own thing like if you're just you know, I don't know, like comedy or something, right? If you're just telling somebody else right. a joke, it's like, whoa, that's not right. that's like not okay at all. So literally it's literally not okay. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's kind of funny. And I think in role playing game design, again, maybe because it's such a young field, or maybe because it, I don't know exactly why. But like for me, like even like for the Queen is really, really heavily based on um, Alexandra Santovska's The Beast, which is like a one player journaling. Uh, okay. role -playing game yeah. that is kind of like based on randomized prompts so it's a bit different structurally but it's a lot of the same stuff mm -hmm. and and so for me then the idea of me being like someone oh don't imitate my game it's like well what was what was i doing? right 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 and my other right. big game is starcrossed which started right. out as just like a hack of dread and um right. yeah dread and, too is one of the most yeah yeah <laughs> dread was one of the first role-playing games i played outside of D D to where i was like oh yeah. Like, oh, this is what indie RPG, like, oh, this is very different than what I thought. Like, this is amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're, I, I feel like I could talk about game design stuff, but. <laughs> and, um, and I do want to, do want to clarify, like, mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to say that, like, imitating people in board gaming is bad, right? I mean, mm -hmm. like, we've actually had a lot of discussions around, like, unique mechanics. Like, when you make a unique mechanic to where, um, like it's never before been seen. That's incredibly hard to do, first of all. Yeah. Um, but second of all, there are pluses and minuses to that, right? The idea yeah. of of using some, oh, somebody created deck building. Like, whoa, this is super great. Now there's a lot of games that have deck building, all because of like one or two games kind of started out that process. Mm. Um, but when you come up with this super unique new mechanic, you really don't know if it's, there's nothing, nothing to compare it to. And that yeah. can be daunting for players i can that could be an accessibility issue for players right yeah i was gonna um, say like i think in any kind of game design it's cool it's exciting and fun to come up with something new that's very impressive but like at a certain point too you're trying to make something that people can reliably interact with and know mm -hmm. how to interact right, with right and so it's like if you're doing something really new that also means that that it, it that it may not flow as well right as, mm -hmm. as something that they know yeah, yeah. certainly the approachability factor goes yeah. way down you know exactly. i was pointing up but it goes way down <laughs> um yeah it becomes much less approachable and can require some extra explanation for sure yeah so um well let's talk a little bit about um so yeah i would love to hear a little bit more about the the compass you did last year and, and you said you wanted to glance through that a bit and kind of talk about how you felt about some of those goals and yeah yeah absolutely so um so I do this thing that I would totally recommend if anyone wants to try it called the year compass. It's still January. It's not too late. Um, and this is just like something you can download and print out, or I think there's like a fillable PDF version, but I really like hmm. printing out and writing in it. Yeah, um, right. 
And it basically is just like a structured activity. You sit down with a cup of tea and just um, you write down everything you did last year. And I do mean everything. Like I just pour through um, oh, wow. my and my Google calendar and whatever else you want to look at and be like, what did I actually do? Um, and then from that you go, okay, when I look at that list, like what are the themes that come out? Um, what, you know, what, are, what was I focused on? And mm -hmm. then you, you know, there's like structured questions to be like, again, what were you focused on? What was, right, right. what was exciting? Who were you, who did you feel supported by? Who, whatever. Um, and then you look at like, what are my biggest accomplishments? What were my biggest challenges? And then you can look at your current year and be like, okay, based on that, like based on what I actually dug and what I didn't dig and what was hard and what was mm -hmm. exciting and whatever, then you can like look at the year ahead and be like, where would I love to see myself? Um, like, and mm -hmm. where, okay, I've really focused on this last year. Do I want to do more of that? Or do I actually want a different focus? Um, so yeah, then you just, you kind of decide like, what is my year about? This is what last year was about. What do I want? Okay. To do? Yeah. And then you just kind of like refine from there. So like, broadly speaking, this is what I want the year, my life to be like, this is what I want this year to focus on. This is, and then you get right. more and more specific until you're like, here, are, you know, five things that I want to do. Um, yeah. So that's what I have done for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And it results in some like pretty specific goals that I had for myself. Very little of what I set for myself this year was game design related because I was graduating and right, right. private yeah. practice and that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a whole thing that you got yeah. to do. Yeah, exactly. So it was very fun to do. I especially like the reflection part, but I do feel like once I actually got into the year, I was, I was just kind of making it up as I went along. A lot of unexpected opportunities came up. I had unexpected health problems as well. And like, new relationships and old relationships ending and like stuff mm -hmm. happening. So, right, um, right. so it was like really cool, but I think this missing piece is like a, the why and mm -hmm. B the, like, how do I actually check in with myself regularly to, right. to right. assess, am I doing the thing I said I would? And if not, do I, is that fine? And if, or do I want to? Right. Like, yeah. Did it change? Did, do I, am I just not excited about that anymore? Or am I not doing it because I'm not, focusing on it when I could be. Yeah. Well, yeah. Am I getting distracted by other things? I mean, this right. is, this is a big problem that I have is, um, I like, I find it really hard to say no to things. Um, yeah. and yeah. I get really excited by the latest, like new shiny opportunity. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I, I can kind of get caught up in things or I'd get caught up in things that I just don't need to be doing, but that feel like I do. You know, sometimes right, you're right. just like, you're just like, oh no, I need to do it this way. Maybe don't. Mm -hmm. So I get distracted in that way. So I like the idea right. of coming back and like, like bringing it down and be like, right, right, right. Am I actually focusing on what I want to, on what's right. important to me? I should say, yeah. One of the things that I that really resonates with me or that I have a lot of trouble with is the shiny object, right? Like, mm -hmm. it is I, I have overfilled my calendar many a years, but especially the last couple of years by saying yes to every opportunity to work on a project or to co-design a game mm -hmm. um, or, you know, being excited about every idea. And, and I've always said, like, you know, what I used to do was when I had less ideas or less, I wasn't working with as many people, so it didn't matter as much. Mm -hmm. I would just find an idea. And if I was really excited about it, I would just work on it. And then at some point it would get difficult 
Like I'd be like, I'm going to just write the rules for this game. Like kind of the, the idea of how I think it's going to work. I'm going to do that. And at some point in that process, if it got hard and it became less fun, I just stopped doing it, which, um, which sounds like a bad thing, but I actually used it as a filter because my understanding was that if I'm really excited about something beyond the initial, like, Ooh, shiny new object, I'll push through the difficult part. And if I'm not, I won't. And so that for a while worked for me, but as I started working with more people and then committing to more things, what happens is now I'm committing to something that I turn out to not be nearly as excited about as I thought. Yeah. And so now it's not just filtering it out for myself. It's filtering it out for two of us or more. Right. Yeah. And that's a problem. So, so what I've tried to do for myself now is to just not say yes to things immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when somebody says, Hey, what about, I've got this idea. I'd like to work on this to not just say, let's do that. That sounds great to say, yeah. let me think about it and then think about it. And after a week or so say, is this still, is this still exciting? Okay. It's not, no, I'm going to pass. Right. Um, which it's FOMO is really, really hard for me. Like I love new ideas. And so when presented with one, I many times want to say yes, especially if I'm like, I tell a co-designer like, Oh, I've got this idea for this new thing. And they're like, Oh my gosh, that sounds great. Like, let's do that. Now I'm like, okay, validation. They also think it's a good idea. It's not just me. Let's do that. Right. And then it's, and then it's not right. So what I've appreciated is some of the co-designers I've worked with have just dropped certain ideas um, and been like, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. Like, let's talk about that sometime. And then that's that's where we do. We just don't ever talk about it. Right. Um, and for the co-designers listening to the show, it's none of you uh, that have done that, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it's but it's helpful. Right. I mean, I'm I'm OK with people saying, like, I'm, I'm just, you know, we're, let's just not do it for now. Um, so for me, that filter of just waiting a little bit to see if I'm still excited about it, mm-hmm. um, after the initial, like, let's do it is a really, really positive thing. Like to slow down. Um, I, I was saying that one of my goals for this, this year was to slow down, to speed up. Um, mm-hmm. the idea that like to take on less, to get more done, right. Do less to do more, that sort of idea. Um, and I'm hoping that that approach will work well for me. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it's worth experimenting with. That's funny, actually. My my sort of uh, word of the year last year um, was actually patience. Patience is mm, like this. Yeah. Yeah. They wrote down. Um, again, just in the interest of like of of taking a second, of not jumping on every little opportunity, of sitting in discernment with things, and. Mm-hmm with like letting things kind of play out a little bit instead of saying like, Oh, this is really cool. I have to do this. Or, you know, I got to jump on this as soon as I, whatever. Um, and it is hard when I, I, I really agree with you that there is a difference between like just kind of falling down the rabbit hole of something that I'm interested in playing around with and prototyping mm-hmm. something really quick. And cause whether, whether I lose interest in that or it ends up being a thing is really mm-hmm. only matters to me, you know, and, and whatever. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with coming up with 10,000 ideas and only finishing one of them. There's literally right, right. Wrong. that is great. It's part of process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then when you're, when you're accepting or starting, you know, project with other people, then there is like this commitment side of it. And right, right. like, 
you know, whatever, you can hit the bricks, you can leave it, you know, you could, it's okay to quit things, but, but it is different, right? It is different when right. you're right. like, right. yeah, when you're working with other people. So I think that, that the discernment then becomes even more important. And, um, especially a good friend of mine who was just talking to me about this project that um, she was invited to work on. And, um, she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like kind of excited about it, but kind of not sure. And there was just questions back and forth of like, am I going to do this? And it was interesting because it kind of made me realize that like, I need to have answerable questions for when I have an opportunity or I get an idea to pursue mm -hmm. something, mm -hmm. um, of whether or not I'm going to do it. Like if I don't automatically say yes, and I don't automatically say no, then like what, what are the qualities that a project needs to have in order right, for me right, to say either, right. yes, I'm going to commit my energy to this, or I will accept, you know, whatever someone inviting me. And that right, goes, right. And, and that's all kinds of things. Like, uh, it needs to pay at least this much, you mm -hmm, know, or mm -hmm. it needs to, uh, be in this realm and not that realm. Right. So I know lots of people, right, like, right. I don't want to work in RPGs anymore. I want to work in video games. So it needs to be a video game project or whatever it is. Right, um, right, right or it needs to be short term or it needs to be long term or it needs right, to right. like i don't know i or it right. needs to be related to something yeah no i one of my one of my friends who i've worked on some projects with um and continue to i had brought an idea to them and they were like we it was a team they were like we love this idea mm. we want to do something with this and then they came back a, a, about a month later and said here's the thing we want to do this idea at some point but like we would rather work with you on things that have a clear path to being published like how do we move forward with these things right now? And I was like, yes, like, that's great. So they're like, instead, what if we did this? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, we could totally do that. Like, and that is something that we know how to get out there. We know what to do with. It's not as big of a commitment. It still allows us to work together, but it allows us to, um, you know, move forward faster. And, um, and I loved that. I really loved that. It just felt a lot different um and a lot better it, it, it felt like we were giving ourselves more chance for success than if we were not doing those things right does that make sense yes yeah yeah because you're actually asking that question and actually saying like mm -hmm. is this getting us where we want to go right right um so when you so when you started to look at this year then what were you you know not using the compass like what give me some ideas of what you started working on and, and how. Sure. Um, to me, the one thing that I really deeply love about this process is the incredibly meticulous going through the, the last year and writing down everything mm -hmm. you did. Mm -hmm. And you're in charge of like what's worth writing down. Um, so I'm going through like, again, old journals and, and my, my calendar, like my Google calendar, I rely on it pretty heavily. So it's, it's pretty well stocked with things I did. And first of all, that's fun because I forgot stuff I did in January through, right, March, right. through last week, you know, like you just forget stuff. Right. And yeah, yeah. I, so there's this nice sort of feeling of accomplishment. Um, definitely because you're just looking at, Oh, I did this. Um, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. also something that I'm really trying to pay close attention to is when I think about, okay, I did this and that, how do I feel about that right now? Like, mm -hmm. um, am I really still proud about that? Or am I just kind of rolling my eyes and being like, thank God that's over. Or am I like, oh, that was right, so cool. Right. I should get in touch with that person again or, or whatever it was. So that to me was actually really important because that's like the sort of intuitive little start of like, how do I focus on things that are important to me? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so 
like for instance, when I started, I was going through January looking at things I totally forgot that I did. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I was looking at like, uh, some game design consulting that I had done. And I was like, Oh yeah, I really like that. That's really fun. It's very, very, it's like relatively, I think, easy for me compared to other things that I want Mm -hmm. to do. And I know that's not true of everyone. And so it's like very, it's fun to do that and get excited about it. But I also looked at, um, uh, in January, I did uh, a workshop as part of a workshop series that Avery Alder was putting on about game design. And I, mm-hmm. I got to remember working on that and be like, that was so cool and so satisfying. And it was mm-hmm. a lot of work, but I really liked it. And I bet I could do something similar in the future. And, um, you know, as we're like, I looked at other things that I had done. And I was like, oh, yeah, I worked on this project with this person. I like did this writing for this game or whatever. And mm-hmm felt more neutral about it and was just like, Oh, that's cool that I did that. And that's really helpful for me because again, particularly as I kind of have this whole other career, I'm not like a full-time 100% games person anymore. Right. It's right. It's very useful for me to be like, Oh, okay. I actually really like consulting on other people's designs. I really, really love teaching game design. So I'm going to have to find a way to do that. Right. Um, and a goal that I set for myself last year was like to put out a new game. And mm-hmm. something that I saw in my journal a lot was like, work on this game, work on that game. I have a bunch of unfinished projects. And mm-hmm. I was obviously really pushing myself to put out an original game and publish something new and hopefully get something in print or whatever. And that was really important to me for some reason. But when I was looking at that stuff, I wasn't like, oh, I got to get back to that. I loved it so much. I was just like, oh, yeah, I guess right. I'm really paying. Right. So what does that tell you, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that says, do you really want that? Right. Exactly. Is that actually what I need to yeah. be focused on right now? And, and again, caused me to say, well, why? Like, why would I, if I wanted to publish a new game and make that my focus, why? Where does that go? Why didn't you? Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. What about that is important to me? So yeah, that was interesting. And um, so yeah, so again, just started to notice like this meant a lot to me. This actually wasn't that memorable or was more stressful than it was interesting or you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And, right. uh, and so it allowed me to realize that like, uh, I think I think for me, like the happiest, most satisfying moment this entire year, I went to like a very tiny uh, convention of like, I can't remember, maybe 60, 70 people. And mm-hmm. uh, I got to run this like uh, multi-table version of Starcrossed where it's like 10 mm. pairs of people playing all at once. And uh-huh. it's like, it's a bit of heck to set up and get people sorted, but once they're going, mm-hmm. they're going and it requires minimal facilitation. And I think just a deeply, beautifully satisfying moment for me this year was sitting there and seeing people play my game and they were having such a nice time and they were giggling and blushing and getting excited and getting embarrassed and mm-hmm. laughing mm-hmm. and whatever. And I was like, okay, this is actually why game design is important to me it's because i mm-hmm. i see these people having beautiful experience that i think is like unique and special and cool mm-hmm. and i feel great about making that happen so if that's what's important to me like do i need to develop something new or something completely original or or do i need to publish a paper object or a book or a box or mm-hmm. whatever in order to get there, are there actually lots of other ways that I can have this feeling of like, right, wow, right. these people are making a beautiful experience because of mm-hmm. something I did or something I made. Right, right. 
that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> so i think for for me um with my strategy for this year is it all right if i talk a little bit about that yeah yeah i want to hear about this so i as you're saying this stuff it's it's making me realize that i really like was in my head focusing on a lot of the why without really mm -hmm. i think consciously thinking about that but i was subconsciously thinking about it um you know when i so i started making my plan i basically gave myself a month to month what are what are two things ish i'm going to do every month right January is a bit heavier because I have some commitments that I have to get finished so that I can like move on. But I purposely left the months pretty open with just a couple of tasks that felt really doable um, because I know that some other stuff will end up naturally filling in. Right. Um, but when I was thinking about, like, you know, last year, and I didn't achieve these goals, which ones, when I look back, like which ones really get me right like which ones i'm like oh, i wish i wish i would have done that and um you know and and like last year i signed two i think two games maybe three games the years are fuzzy in the last couple of years but like nothing has come out yet right some stuff's going to come out this year but i mean in reality like you know in the board game industry when you sign a game now like you are looking at a two to three year like range of time before the game ever sees publication simply because of um you know everything is so backed up from the mm -hmm. pandemic still and, and things are getting sorted out again and um and, and the companies had full slates and then they added to those slates and they couldn't produce anything you know or much um so that has been kind of a bummer right and that certainly influenced a lot of my thinking for this year and so when i look back on my list of things i did and didn't do um, I was bummed that I didn't have anything come out last year, like something that I could say, this game is published. Um, and realizing that like, I didn't have to wait for somebody to do that. Like I could have been working on, like I literally had goals to write. I had said I was going to write three solo journaling games mm -hmm. over the course of the year, like nothing like super intense, like, but three shorter solo journaling game experiences i will do little kickstarters for them i'll put them out and i did zero of those yeah. uh and that and when i looked back i was like oh like i could have done that like i had the time to do that yeah. and i didn't and i wish that i had and and what got me interested about those was the idea of you know i do coaching for people like development coaching and and I think that solo journaling games can be a powerful tool for that of self-reflection and kind of introspection and such, right. To really help people process thoughts and how they feel about something. And, um, or just to have an experience that might be fun. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to use them as kind of games that move people forward in a, in a cool way. And, um, and so I was, I was really sad that I didn't do those things last year. So I was like, well, if I'm going to carry over goals, like I don't need to have goals. Like, you know, two years ago, I was like, I want to sign a licensed game. Like, so like, you know, with some like IP on it. And here's what's stupid about that goal. Um, and I'll call it stupid, even though I, most of us designers, I think have that, but like, I'll call it stupid because I had zero control over that. Right. Like I could get a game signed, but the idea that it's going to get um, like a license on it, who knows in fact i do now have a game coming out with a license on it um and it was totally sold as a game with no license on it 
Hmm. But the publisher was like, I think we can get this license for it. And I want to do that. Awesome. But again, it's not because of me that that happened. Right. I mean, I guess I did co-design a game um, that like, you know, I mean, Banana and I, we designed a game that like was meant to be put like they could be anything. Right. Yeah. And now it's going to be something. But like, it's just funny to me because like, it's not like that was the original goal. The original goal was to make a fun party game. And we just happened to make a game that could have a pretty much any license on it that would work. And it did. Yes, yes, totally. And this um, is, I, I remember getting this advice, I think it was um, someone in the video game industry who I knew and someone was saying like, you know, I want to win this award or that award. I want <laughs> right, right. to win this award. And like, that would be, you know, a goal of mine. And this other person really like stopped them and was like, yo, like, you have to be able to like evaluate your own success. And also you need something that you have, you know, none of us have complete 100% control over anything, but you need to have enough control that you can really say that, you know, you can decide that if you're making it such an external goal that other people have to have to determine, like, mm-hmm. so unsatisfying. And right, right. Yeah. So I think I think that's very smart to be like, what can I actually how much influence do I have over whether or not this happens? Right, right, right. And even with, I mean, I have seen really good games that I've had that I've co-designed with people that will probably never see the light of day. They'll never get published. Yeah. Um, and we designed an experience that's big enough that we can't publish it ourselves. But, you know, like it doesn't seem to be while it's fun and exciting. No publishers are interested. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's what a bummer. Right. Um, but it happens. Um but then, you know, from there to say, like, what can I do on my own? And so these solo journaling games were like, I can do this yeah. um, and I want to do this. So that was kind of my refocus of like, OK, so the way I planned it out was I was like, by the end of February, I will have a playable version of the of the first journaling game that I've started working on. Right. Cool. I, I know what I want out of it. And then I will also, by the end of that, try and get people to do some playtests of it. Like, mm-hmm. and then in March, I will attempt to make a more finalized version of said game. Well, spending some time getting a playable version of a different game of that mm-hmm. kind. Um, and then, you know, from there, it's just kind of the evolution of, okay, then could I take it to, you know, at what point could I then try to kickstart? Do, and when I say kickstart, I don't mean like a big, crazy kickstart. I mean like, a little Kickstarter where it's going to be like, maybe it's even build as a make 100 or something like that. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, it's small. It's, there's a lot of digital stuff people can get. It delivers easy it prints easy. Um, you know, because it's a little booklet, there's a lot of things you can do that will make your life a lot easier with that. And um, I've got some friends in the RPG space who have been kind enough to say like, Hey, here's how I can help you get this printed, you know, onshore for a good rate. And you'll be able to like get it done quickly and not have to wait for shipping and all these crazy things, you know? And um, so that is something that I really want to be able to do before the first half of the year. Um, And I feel reasonably confident about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I feel like, and then I've kind of tagged myself at the end of June to just do a mid-year recalibration and not actually schedule things past June and just say in June, say where am i at why am i here what didn't i do well what did i do well what am i proud of what am i not so proud of and how do i use that to decide the next six months of this process right yeah i like that 
So that for me was kind of the crux of how I went through and figured it out because if I just said, you're going to make this, you're going to write the solo journaling game this year. Um, it's called, I remember home. And like, I planned to write it last year and I didn't like, literally it was one of my goals for the year was that was the, I'm going to write that game. And I didn't like, and I was like, that's dumb. Like, why did you not do that? Like, and part of it was because I forgot and it just never sounded like fun at any given moment when I had the time to work on it because I was so inundated with other things that I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that idea of like a check-in is really strong. I like that idea of like sub goals and like doing a little bit of scheduling mm -hmm. and a little bit of deadlining yep, uh, yep. that like <laughs> it, you know, let's do this part by this time and this part by that time and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, I think I think that deadlining like that is important. I do think that you need to be able to allow yourself some flexibility to say, hey, I can shift this next month. This is taking longer than I thought, but I want to get it right. So that's OK. But I'm still moving forward. I'm not like, ooh, this is harder than I thought. I'm just going to go do something else. And then, oh, forgot about it. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I think it, hel it helps to, like, know how you work as well and, like, know. And, and to ask yourself, like, the honest question, why didn't I do that? Instead of just being like, oh, why didn't I do Right. Legitimately, why did, oh, okay, right. because I was doing this instead, or it's because right. I, you know, structured my work in this way, or because I didn't take enough time to rest, whatever right. that it might be. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then be yeah. like, okay, well, I can approach that differently then. Right. I think that, um, you know, for me, it was easy to say, like, what, especially in the first half of last year, I got better in the second half of being more reflective and saying, like, dude, quit saying yes to so many projects yeah. like I, I determined that I was not going to ditch any projects because I was like I care enough about all of these and I care enough about these co-designers that I'm not going to just stop working on them but I am going to stop taking on new stuff yeah unless you know like for instance one of the things I'm trying to get done in January is I've got this this person happened to this company happened to say hey we're looking for a party game that can do x um, for this, for this license. And mm -hmm. I was, or for, for a license. And this is not the one that I worked on with banana Chan. This is a different one. And I was like, you know what? Like, I think this could do this. So I just sent it over to them and they were like, Hey, I think this could do this. And so like, now I've got a bunch of stuff to get done to see if we actually can sell it as that, if that would work. And if it works awesome. And if it doesn't, I'll move on. Right. But like by giving myself the more free time, I'm able to jump on an opportunity like that. It is exciting because it's a game I've been trying to to publish for years now and for it to suddenly find an opportunity. Um, like I want to have the time to jump on that without having to sacrifice a ton of other things that I've said I would do. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So hmm. that said, I do think that game designers, especially for the most part, are pretty understanding of like, hey, uh, this opportunity just came up. I have got to do this. <laughs> Like, yeah. like, and they're like, yes, you do this. You focus on this, yeah. right? Precarious and also figuring it out as we go and also like taking opportunities as they come and things shift, mm -hmm. change. And, mm -hmm. um, right. so I, I do think there is just that attitude of like, I, I don't know. It really is every, every designer I know is just like, oh, I'm working on these five things. And then, oh, wow, actually this major publisher asked me to work on this. So I got to jump on that, but you know, or, oh, I just right. got invited to do this talk at this. I, you know, I got to jump on mm -hmm. that. Like there's a certain amount of like chaos and unpredictability and that's another thing that i really want to like keep in mind this year is that the real the, the biggest stuff that i did in 2022 
too was uh, was not planned and was unexpected and was opportunities mm -hmm. that just arose. Um, right. I'm in right. you know such a different place in my career than I was five years ago, and so I need to like make room for that, right? And not look mm -hmm. back and be like, oh, I didn't do the things I planned to do, but just like, well why if you know was i right, able right. to take on uh, you know something new or something unexpected or you know mm -hmm. something that i suddenly had the, the opportunity to do so and w without just feeling like oh i failed but rather being like oh i'm, I'm still in, in alignment with what i mm -hmm. want to be focusing on i'm still right, in alignment right. with my values if not my like specific plans maybe right right yeah, yeah. yep agreed agreed any other specific thoughts you've got on that, you know, tips we want to throw out there for people around planning that we haven't touched on yet or something you want to reiterate? I mean, I think honestly, like what I would really emphasize and I, you know what, I'm actually saying this as a, you know, as a therapist, as well, as That's a fine. Yeah. technical counselor, as well as a, yes. a, a game designer is like, really do take the time, an uninterrupted time to ask yourself, why like if you mm -hmm. want to do something ask why because mm -hmm. if sometimes the answer is weird so i think there are people who make games because they're like well i want to stay relevant or i make games because right. like i i just need to do this or i need to stay, you know have a certain place in this community or impress someone or mm -hmm. or impress myself or i want i just need to do it because i said i was going to do it and like well, do you actually care and so I think like, first of all, like really sit down with that why, and then also really like reflect on what actually did it for you last mm -hmm. year. What actually yeah, was satisfying yeah. to do? Yeah, you know, can, yeah. and, can, and are you able to put your, your effort there? So mm -hmm. like for me this, this year, I would love to put out a new game. I would always love to do that, but where I'm actually putting more of my energy is like, I want to put on games. I want to run a lot of games. Mm -hmm. I want to run like mm -hmm. a regular game night, which I haven't done in so long for obvious reasons. And, uh, and right. I want to, um, and I want to teach game design. So mm -hmm. I need to figure out some way to do that. Right. And um, also possibly so like, consulting, you mentioned too. It's something. Yeah. Yeah. Consulting. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like helping other people with their stuff and teaching and helping play happen. And like, if I make a game as well, that's great. I made, I made one, I published a game last year, I should say. I worked on mm -hmm. other people's games and I also, I, I indie published like a little thing on itch at the end of the year, which sure. Um, mm -hmm. So like I did that. that, that might happen. That's cool. I'm open to that obviously, but not putting pressure on myself to do that. And actually just really being like, what's fun, what's satisfying about publishing something. Okay. How can I pursue those? Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's super important. Um, and that's all good stuff to consider. And I, you know, along with the why idea, one of the things that I, I did several years back was try to figure out, you know, the idea of like, what is your personal why? Like, what, what is it that matters to you when you're doing things in life? Why do you do them? And, and I think knowing that about yourself is useful because you can ask yourself when you're looking at working on something, does this align with that kind of core why of what for you know what what drives me to do the things that i want to do you know i'm you know for me it's like everything i do i wanted to have some sort of positive impact mm -hmm. on the world or a community you know or, or people around me and so and and obviously not everything i do falls into that category or not not everything any of us do does right but i have the most joy when that's happening so like focusing on games that make that happen or projects that make that happen are good right you know i mean and 
Yeah. So that's just something I think a lot about. I think you're right. Oh, hundred percent. And I keep saying hundred <laughs> um, percent. I, I really think you're right. I have a friend who like uh, is an event organizing and uh, was, you know, like a, uh, in the wedding industry for a long time. And so it's wild. It's stressful. You really do just take things on as they come. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. work for a venue or you work for clients or whatever. Um, but she has this grounding thing of like, I want to cultivate joy. That's what's mm-hmm. important to me. Is, right, right. is creating moments and spaces or opportunities for people to just really experience joy. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you can hold on to that, then you can, you know, call the caterer who just canceled and go get these plates moved over to here and, you know, mm-hmm. all the linen rental places, you know, all of that can be sustained if you're, if you have some kind of central right. thing. And right. yeah, so I think, yeah. Yeah, I think being an event planner is a great way to uh, to focus on spreading joy, right? I mean, that's literally the point, right? Is you're trying to like make events that like, yeah, you know, yeah, make people I'm, happy and bring people joy. Exactly. I'm trying to get her to become a LARP organizer, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I love that. Your goals. <laughs> nice, nice. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping for you that the the ideas you have for this year, you're able to do more of those. I think that's, you know, great. And I, I think that kind of the process you went through to figure out what you actually want to do compared mm-hmm. to what you said you wanted to do is just really cool. And, um, and I'm happy for you that you've been able to refocus and figure that out, right? And obviously you've got a bit more free time now that you've graduated and you're not, you know, <laughs> in yeah. like full-time grad school. That's got to help a bit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, though now you're working full-time, so there's that, but <laughs> yeah, that's, <clears throat> I think we all have fantasies of when we're gonna, you know, there's mm-hmm. always the idea that like, okay, well, after the holidays, I won't be so, you know, okay. After January, I won't be so after whatever, like then I can, you know, that's, it is hard to just be like, well, what can I do right now? And also right, what am right. I doing? It's important. God. So yeah. many questions to ask oneself. <laughs> right, right. I, I always joke with my wife because my wife is one of the people that always will say, like, well, if we just get through the next two weeks, and I'm like, then there'll be two more weeks. Like, There's going to be another you know, two that one, yeah. We, we tend to say to ourselves, like, once I get through this, it'll be fine. And yeah. no, there'll be more. There'll be more. But that's okay. Like, that's that's just, you know, sometimes I think we need to tell ourselves that. Like, if I get through these next two weeks, then then things will be better, even though we know deep down They'll just be different, right? They'll be different, but that's okay. Like that's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, and also like there is there is sometimes there are there are just things to get through, and it's like okay, I just need to finish this, just need to be done with this, or I need to just get mm-hmm. through this, and you know, be be present to that. Especially like I don't know, there's things like grief and like sickness and like right. you know whatever. Right. Just times where you really do just have to be like, this is what I'm doing right now. Right, and I'm right. Just yeah, but, I mean, there are there are life events, both good and bad, that just happen, right? While you're trying to do other things, and uh, yeah. and sometimes those are impactful on what you're trying to get done. Sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. I mean, yeah. but yeah, you have to you have to deal with that crap to get through to get through the other stuff, right? I mean, there's just no way around that. Yeah, exactly. Don't um, you know? Don't 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 buy into this idea that you have complete and total control over your life. If only you exert your will, then you get to right. you know, decide everything, and that's. It's kind, of, right, right. it's kind of cruel to yourself, but, but also like something I really do believe is that there is a way to kind of rob yourself of happiness and rob yourself mm-hmm. of a feeling of right. satisfaction by saying that like, oh, well, you know, once X happens, you know, then I can do the satisfying thing or once Y, right. Once I graduate, I'll be 
happy. Once, once the winter is over, I'll be happy. Once I finish this, you know, like that, I think that kicking the can down the road, like, I don't know, your home is in the present moment, the whole, your whole life functionally, you know, is in the present moment and, um, and come back to that, whether or not it's pleasant, whether or not you like it, whether or not, whatever. Um, I don't know. There's, there's value in coming back to that. Anyway, this is getting very abstract, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I know, but I, I mean, I think it's important stuff. You know, what one of the things I, I want to just throw out here as we talk about all this is, you know, the comparison game in this is, you know, you had said like, what if, you know, what are you doing things because you want to be relevant because you want to be noticed and, and the comparison game in this community is, mm-hmm. is a hard game, right? Because there's a lot of success happening around you. There's a lot of people doing the things you wished you were doing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, somebody said, uh, somebody said this like a long time ago, I think, but I don't know who it was. They said, everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. Um, <laughs> and, and in the end, really that statement is total bullshit. Yeah. Um, and we should remember that, um, that everyone does not have the same 24 hours in a day. You yeah. know, I mean, like I'm incredibly privileged to be able to spend as much time working on games as I do. And when some other people are like, Oh, you're working on so many things. And first of all, I'm like, well, that's too many things and I'm stupid. But second of all, like I, do like I devote a lot of my time to this right like that's like I'm able I'm privileged to be able to do that not everybody can do that right and so I think that it's important to remind people of that that you know your circumstances are not the same we we do a weekly meetup in our podcast discord where we talk about accountability and and you know in the beginning people would be worried or embarrassed to come and say like hey I didn't do anything last week you know, because of this or this. And, and I never wanted people to not show up because of that. Right. Yeah. Because like, if you show up to say, I didn't accomplish anything last week, but I'm here now and I want to hang out with you all. And I want to hear what everyone else is doing and cheer them on and, and hope for next week that I can do more of what I want to do. Mm-hmm. That is 100%. That's, that's, I said it now. That's fantastic. It's just fantastic. Like that is great that you, that you're doing that now. Right. Like you can't, chastise yourself because things got in the way and you couldn't get things done right yeah yeah, exactly and um oh my gosh anyway there's a whole like other hour-long discussion to be had (laughs) there is there is like i'm thinking about people with kids i'm thinking about yeah yeah right yeah anyway yeah 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 we could go there but yes um well so i've super appreciated this discussion this is fantastic um I would love if you've got a minute to tell me about one of the games you've got that you either worked on recently or you've got out there that you're excited about. Sure. One thing I would love to just pitch right now is um, uh, once upon a time, the why of making games uh, is, was really because I wanted to figure stuff out and it's like just the creative way that I do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so um, at the end of this year, kind of on a whim, kind of all at once, I made a game called And to All a Good Night, and it's about Christmas, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which is a holiday I don't celebrate and just have okay, a lot yeah. of confused feelings about. And I think uh-huh. it's probably more inspired by like uh, the weird stop motion animation Christmas specials like Rudolph and whatever than yeah, it's yeah, yeah. By anything else. Um, so it's a game about Santa. It's um, if you've played For the Queen, it's very, very similar. Um, instead of questions about the queen, you're really talking about Santa. Um, you play one of the people uh, who works at the North Pole. So you play either an elf, a reindeer, or a Mrs. Claus. 
Um, there can be multiple Mrs. Clauses if you want. Then you get to talk about what that's like. Um, right, right, right. And the question at the end, you know, the, the proposition at the beginning is like you work 364 days a year at something you don't actually get to part, might not get to even participate in or see um, because you love Santa. And then the question at the end is like Santa invites you to join him on his sleigh. Do you do you accept? Um, so basically, it's just a game about how I think the concept of Santa is really, really bizarre and weird. And I, it's confusing to me and amazing and kind, right, right, right. kind of gnarly and kind of kind of gross in a way. But like, no judgment. I'm just curious yeah. what what's going on here. So, right. Um, right. so it's a Christmas game. It's January. I don't know if anyone still wants to play this, but it's up on my itch.io page. Um, it's called "And to All a Good Night." You can play it in your browser. Um, and you can play it remotely because it's on the StorySynth platform. Mm -hmm. um, so super easy to play. I think it's like, I think I have it up there for like three bucks or something like that. So awesome, um, awesome. Yeah, I made it in an afternoon. I'm pretty pleased with it, how it turned out as a way for me to explore some confusing and challenging ideas. And mm -hmm. just hearing that people have played it so far and it's kind of surreal and fun and funny uh, and silly. So um, that is that is what I'll pitch right now. Yeah. And that people on really my fun. Patreon got it for free because oh, nice, um, nice. I'll make yes. get my nice things that I make and talk about. So there's Very a little cool. plug for that too, Ray. Yes. Yeah. No, happy to plug that. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I, I got to check out uh, to all a good night, right? Is what it's called. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, Hey listeners, I hope you really enjoyed this discussion. I hope you found it useful and helpful. I know we, we covered a lot of ground here, but I, I'm really excited with all the things we got to talk about here. Um, and I super hope that, um, yeah, I super hope you found it intriguing as well. Uh, if you've got thoughts on it, we'd love to hear it. Um, you can go to buildingthegamepodcast.com. There you can find a link to our Discord channel. Uh, join that. Uh, come hang out with us and tell us uh, your thoughts on the episode. There's a, there's a whole show feedback uh, channel, but you're also welcome to come to our uh, weekly meetups where we talk about what we're working on and have some accountability and honestly we just have a good time um it's really fun and uh i try to be there every single week if i can uh if you want to get in touch with us you can of course email us to at buildinggamepodcast.com you can find us all on the twitter at podcast btg i am at ja slingerland and alex is at muscular pikachu uh <laughs> which is ridiculous and one of the best twitter handles i've ever heard thank you love it thank you and uh yes and you can keep coming back every week, listeners, and uh, we hope you will. But until next time, good night. Good night. Building the game, building the game, with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game, with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. The end of the episode, that's when it technically ends.